This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in-depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included, as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, your pal Tom Jacobs in Tucson, Arizona. I'm on the web at tdjacobs.com. And what I do, if you're new to the show or just kind of uh, happening across it live right now. Uh, I'm an evolutionary astrologer, which means I do astrology from from a viewpoint of how you change over time. It's a very choice-centered, empowering way of looking at it, as well as over the course of many lives. So we assume reincarnation. I'm also an energy worker, and uh, I also channel. And those things kind of go hand-in-hand where I carry the frequencies of an ascended master and an archangel that I work with, and then I help you calibrate to their way of seeing things and kind of opening up your energy field and clearing out debris uh, as they would. So, so anyway, so I do all those things together. And as I said, I'm in Tucson, Arizona. And last week on the show, uh, right outside my window, there was a, a, a posse, cadre, passel of uh, howling coyotes. So we may get that again this week. It, uh, it was pretty exciting. Right before the show, there was one out there. Uh, by itself, and so they may uh, they may reconnoiter out there. So uh, today's show is um, going to depart from what I usually do, but in a good way. And what I what I tend to do is I, I use the show to talk about kind of higher level concepts that you know that I'm thinking about, that I'm meditating about, I'm talking about with the ascended master and the archangel. I'm you know observing trends in people's lives, and I'm you know, trying to comment on them in kind of a meta way and trying to help you understand from the soul's point of view why things happen. Anyway, today is, I'm going to break down the Pluto-Uranus squares in the natal houses. So what you want to do is you want to get your natal chart if you don't know where the, the degrees of Aries and Capricorn may fall in your chart. Get your chart. And uh, I'm going to talk about what each house is, and then I'm going to give you an idea or at least how I work with each house. <laughs> and then I'm going to give you an idea of if Pluto's in the first and Uranus is in the fourth, or Pluto's in the ninth and Uranus is in the twelfth, kind of how to understand how the pressure of those squares uh, can affect you. And I'm going to give you a little intro on those squares. If you're listening to the show on a regular basis or reading my work or you know watching YouTube videos or subscribing to my service or reading my blog, you're you know that for several years I've been talking quite a lot about Pluto-Uranus squares. I'm doing a concerted effort here to rack up as many different ways of looking at this as possible on the show over the course of a few months so that you can really understand what the opportunity is when you're feeling challenged. So right, the, the nice way to look at it is, oh, there's a terrific opportunity for change and growth, and that sounds terrific because – I'm somebody who likes that kind of thing. But what it actually looks like is feeling like something is sitting on you, some some inescapable, unavoidable, real thing that might have fangs if you were to look at it straight on. You know, something that may bring up fears, something that challenges you 
to step into a new way of being. So it's actually there can be some heaviness and some drama and some you know anxiety and anticipation to go with that. So anyway, we're going to break that down through the through the houses tonight. Last week's show, I talked about Purirana Squares and Eris, uh, the door point at Eris, which was discovered ten years ago, and I talked about the source of Middle Eastern fundamentalist, uh, you know, feelings and viewpoints that bring about the kind of terrorism that we're experiencing, including um, through ISIL and then Al Qaeda and then these kinds of groups. So you can check that out through the archive on tdjacobs.com. All 100 and I think 14 or 15 episodes are available through the archive through my site. There's a yearly subscription for that, but it's also included as a perk with my monthly service, wherein I give you a user's manual for each month, how to understand the sun's time in this sign, all the retrogrades and ingresses, and that, and aspect patterns and also lunations. So like, for example, this month there are two new moons in Aquarius. We just had one. Uh, right after the sun entered Aquarius. And then we have another one at 2959 Aquarius uh, toward the end of the solar month, at the very end of it. So we talk about the opportunity and also the full moon in the middle. Um, there's a four-minute video on YouTube covering some thoughts on Mercury retrograde, excerpted from a 32- or 33-minute video for uh, subscribers on ingresses and retrogrades. So you can check all that out. Mercury is retrograde, so the way your mind wants to work is not normal. What you're interested in may be stalled. The kinds of things you want to make progress with may be kind of uh, sticky and not working well. Your ability to make plans, your ability to formulate cogent concepts and articulate what you're thinking may need a rest. That's the function of Mercury retrograde when it happens three times a year. In Aquarius, questions about how original your voice is. Well, that really, to me, comes down to how original you allow your voice to be. As it stations, as it stationed over the last few days, uh, it opposed retrograde Jupiter in Leo. And that is a major question about how your creative vision and your creative voice are going. An invitation for you to get perspective on what it is that you do that blocks yourself from really expressing who you really are. So anyway, that's the kind of thing that I give in an hour and a half, two hours of original material, really in-depth stuff for that subscriber service. You can check that out through uh, tdjacobs.com. Another announcement is the intuitive – actually, I have two events coming up. One is uh, the intuitive skills development class, 10 weeks on Saturdays over the phone, so people from all over can do this. And uh, it's a tour of your chakras and really an intensive – a really in-depth educational effort to teach you about how to understand how life really works. So we go through the records in your chakras, your feelings, your emotions, your life histories. We learn about the chakras, and even people who know about the chakras get a ton out of it because it's a essentially every person who takes the course has a tailored, uh, you know, personalized uh, healing process essentially, and it's an it's very empowering to learn about why that thing that happened decades ago that still sticks with you happened? Why did this major relationship not serve you? Why does this career you're in not working for you? And how to make more empowered choices. So that's it's an amazing class that really can reorient your whole experience of being a person. I love teaching this class because that's what it's done for me. And I get to facilitate and hold space for other people to go through the same kind of awakening process. It's really beautiful. So that starts Saturday, February 21st, goes for 10 Saturdays. Uh, be in touch with me. If you write me and say, hold me a spot, I'm going to say no. But if uh, when you register, when, you know, when payment is received, then your spot is booked. That's just how I have to do it because uh, there can be a list, a waiting list that arises with these classes. It certainly happened in the past. So check that out. And then if you're in Tucson, uh, my friend Taza from Vancouver, British Columbia, who's an Akashic Records reader and teacher uh, and offers activations as well as workshops, she's going to be here in Tucson for the Gem Show. And she's going to be doing a two-hour activation and event at my house on Saturday uh, – uh, September? No. Fe- <laughs> Ooh, February 7th from 7 to 9 p.m. And that is uh, written up through my meetup group called Shift. 
you can check that out and sign up for that. I'm really excited to, to host her here. She uh, hosted me for a channeling event at the very last minute, saving the event when I was in Vancouver, BC uh, this last October. So I'm really excited to uh, to have her come here and do that. So that's it for the announcements. Um, I want to start in oh, – oh, by the way, when I'm done going through these houses and the, and the uh, overview of what Pudirana squares are about for use in understanding the, those house placements natally – um, I'm opening it up to your calls. So right now I'm going to give you uh, the number. Let me go. Let me go find it. I actually um, probably haven't memorized, but I'm going to look it up just to make sure <laughs> because Mercury's retrograde. Eight seven seven two three zero three zero six two. Again, eight seven seven. Two three zero three zero six two. So about fifteen minutes, about half past the hour. I'm going to open that up and take your calls. Have your birth data ready, and my producer Kira will take all that data from you, and we'll uh, and we'll look at your chart and see like how the Pluto Uranus stuff is activating you. So first of all, uh, Pluto and Capricorn. It's a long transit, 2008 to 2024, and it's about challenging us to own our power through altering our relationships with the structures in our lives. And authority figures and institutions to which we give our power. So there's a real structures need to dissolve and disintegrate as it becomes obvious they don't serve you kind of energy. Uranus and Aries is urging you to create freedom so that you are clear, that you are free to develop your own personal genius so that you can become fully alive. When every person's in that space, that kind of positive Uranian space of, yeah, I own what what uh, my own personal uh, lightning bolts from the gods, my own personal genius, when I own that, then I create something that is innovative and then I give it back as a gift, right? Uh, so, so Uranus wants you to admit what you're really good at doing, but to free yourself from crummy or stifling circumstances first. So as you hear me talk on these shows and, and, and elsewhere about the, the genius of Uranus, the personal genius that it's yours, realize that if there's something that every day or every week you think, oh, I wish I didn't have to do that or, oh, that again, if you have stuff like that in your life, there's no way to get to your genius because you're not free. That's a secret to the to the Uranus bit. And a secret to the Pluto bit is it may look like other people have taken – other institutions or other people, groups have taken power from you. But in fact, the call is to observe realistically in what ways you have opted to surrender the, the power of, of choice, your free will. So talking about calling back power is never about – making those other people wrong because it looks like they took it from you, but actually owning the power of choice right now in this moment realistically in a grounded way. So that's the setup. Those are the two planets involved. The squares are always about friction, pressure, criticism, pushing something. I often think of uh, squares, especially in terms of outer planet transits, which you know relatively slow, uh, to unfold, and a lot of stuff can happen in the several years over which these things happen that can unfold. It's it's like tectonic plates on the uh, the the Earth's crust pushing against each other at, at cross purposes, right? Ninety degrees. And regarding things being in squares, uh, signs that are naturally square each other, like like Aries Capricorn in this case, there's a natural criticism each sign has for the other one. Each one will have a different way of doing something. So they're both cardinal, so they're both active. They both understand taking initiative. But they have different reasons and different methods for doing it, different motivations and, and routes to do that. So uh, you're doing it wrong. And then you might, you know, if you're feeling grounded and humble and open and curious, you might say, oh, okay, well, well, how, um, okay, well, how do you think that I should do that? And even if you change it, that other party will see you're doing it wrong, even if you mimic what you're being instructed. So this is just something we can get kind of caught up in in our lives where people offer us what they call constructive criticism, but we're not quite sure how to incorporate it. And even if we mimic it, we know we're not going to get you know approval or something. So there's just natural 
place in our lives of square energy, which is to push us to see how to do things differently. So, so when we're squared, we need to take into consideration this other viewpoint, work with it. You know, if we don't adopt it or incorporate it, we really need to see, um, what it is about that that could show us a new perspective on what we're already doing. So somebody says, you're doing it wrong. You might say, well, I'm actually doing it fine. Thank you. But if you say, oh, well, tell me what you see, you will learn something that, that you don't know. You will get a viewpoint on yourself that you haven't seen. You may not agree with it all the time, but guaranteed, at least some of the time, there's something good in there, even if you have to read between the lines. So are you free? Who has power in your life? Are you original? What structures have you gotten yourself stuck in? Do you perceive that you're stuck in, that you couldn't change? And then Uranus, you know, squaring the Pluto, like, change it. Do it. This doesn't work. And, uh, you know, if you're on the Uranus side of things, you're trying to change something. If you're on the Pluto side of things here, put on Capricorn, you're trying to refuse to let something change. You could go back and forth hour by hour, day by day. But you're, this stuff is activated, is activated for all of us. Now, we've had six of the seven squares. First one was June of 2012. Uh, last one will be mid-March of 2015. So we just had one, uh, I think it was December 13th or right around there for the sixth one. And this is, um, what they're doing is, it's, it's kind of like, um, the effect is not just that one, two, three, four, five, six. The effect is that the second one is louder, deeper, more robust, than the set, than the first. The third, much more so than the, the second. So now it gets louder and louder. The resonance builds. If you don't change the thing that keeps you not free, or if you don't call back power through owning choice and free will, then the tension builds and builds and builds. So I'm going to put a pin in that and come back after the first break. This is Tom Jacobs on the soul's journey. I'll be right back with uh, a breakdown of the natal houses and the squares in the houses. getting grounded what about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body money and others energy worker and channel tom jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive clarifying and empowering energies of archangel metatron and ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com.
Hey there, welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, if you're just uh, joining me, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. You can also um, review and rate the podcast in iTunes. That helps uh, people find the podcast who might be interested. Um, and you can also subscribe to the archive to get access to all, at this point, 114 past episodes. Uh, um, over a couple years, uh, a lecture every week just about, uh, going deeply into evolutionary astrology, spirituality, meditation, and uh, and what it's like to live on Earth and, and how to understand it from a soul's point of view. So um, talking about putting around squares in the natal houses, um, have your chart handy because um, uh, – and, and if you don't, you can call in starting in a few minutes and I will pull up your chart and we'll talk about it. Um, but uh, – We'll just jump. Let's just jump into the first house. The first house is the house of self and personality and body, and it's how we present ourselves. I'm just going to run through them and then give you some examples with Uranus. That first house is kind of this immediate house of of our being, including our body, personality, and uh, just how we show up. Second house is about values, our value system, and self esteem, and it's about proving to ourselves that. We're worth it, and so it's the house where survival issues and therefore possessions, skills, and money issues come up in the second house. The third house is about mind and communication and information in and out, so teaching, learning, writing, speaking, journalism, asking questions, getting answers. Uh, it's also about what's right in front of you, the immediacy of your environment. That's the third house, how you take, in, how you take data in, essentially. Fourth house is your inner foundation, your emotional stability, also your home life, including your your present home life as well as your historical home life, your family of origin, family you're born into and or raised by, and just how your inner emotional landscape functions and how the people who are closest to you support or don't <laughs> uh, support that and how you experience that. That's the fourth house. Fifth house is individual creative expression. Basic idea is having a unique viewpoint and expressing it. Having an opinion, owning it, and expressing it. That can look like arty type things, which is where at least my astrological left brain goes straight toward it. You know, we say creativity, I think of, you know, music, painting, art, dancing, something like that. But it's also having an opinion, owning it, and sharing it and being seen as a person who has that opinion. So standing out sometimes as a unique individual from a crowd can be the fifth house. Sixth house is service, teamwork, uh, learning to back burner ego. And that's the idea of service and teamwork. Um, and it's where we learn through unequal relationships. We learn through dynamics that are not equal. Where you might know something, I want to apprentice with you. Or you might, um, you know, there might be an imbalance in there that's actually healthy, or it could be unhealthy, but it could be healthy too with uh, with teaching, for example. All my tutoring students, we have a sixth house relationship because they're coming to me because I have an expertise and they want to, um, I don't know, vampire, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I'm just being a, a smart like, but, um, and so they want to develop their own expertise through hard work. That's a sixth house kind of idea with a, with a mentor or somebody who's, uh, very good at something. Seventh house is a house of, uh, equal relationships and the other. So it's, it's, um, individual relationships, romantic relationships, any relationship in which people are equals or trying to be. The eighth house is taking that into intimacy. So trust, intimacy, shared resources, vulnerability, and there's a part of everybody's eighth house that's not visible unless the person trusts. So there's a depth in the eighth house uh, that's in there. The ninth house is about expansion. It's about big ideas, philosophy, the framework through which we view life. It's our belief system, whether we think we have one or not, because every human has a framework through which he or she sees the world. And it's about seeking the truth and the parts of life that enable us to seek the truth. So long-distance travel, philosophy, religion, that kind of thing. Tenth house is where we create something in the world and we become known as a symbol of something in our community. So a job or a career, but who we are in the world or in the community. The eleventh house is where we realize that 
we can't create the future by ourselves, so we work with other people. We find like-minded others. They are our friends. Um, networks, associations, uh, groups, but really the fundamental thing about the 11th house is goals and recognizing realistically and, and uh, in a grounded way, is what I'm investing in today taking me toward the future I want to create for myself, for my community, for the world? So it's a very forward-looking thing. And the 12th house is developing a relationship with all of creation or divinity or understanding the big picture. So as I channel, I do mediumship, I talk to spirit guides, I do energy work. That's all 12th house stuff because I'm trying to bring something from another dimension, other dimensions, other realms into manifestation here. That's a 12th house kind of idea. The 12th house is where we learn about how to surrender our individual egoic attachments and our personality-based decision-making to a greater good. It is our higher good, but we have to learn how to identify as more than simply ego. That's a, that's a life in the 12th house. So we're putting Uranus are. You are being asked to call back power while in this tense relationship with the need to individuate. So it's not going to be for everybody who's hearing this black and white on, you know, if Pluto right now is in your first, then Uranus is in your fourth. It, it, people's, uh, well, you can use equal house system or you can use uh, different house systems that, that uh, are, are equal. I use uh, Placidus uh, because that's kind of what I encountered and it made sense. And then I started reaching out and I played with uh, Porphyry and Coke and they didn't make nearly as much sense to me, especially given my chart and what would change. So, you know, when client, just for reference, cause people ask all the time, like what house system do you use and how do you know what's true and which, which one should I use is what people will email me with. And the answer is, um, you have to play with it and see what works for you. And you may be taught one and then you experiment with another and it makes more sense and through practice. And that's fine. That's just how it is. I happen to use a Placidus. In Placidus, the uh, widths of houses will vary. So like I know somebody with Pluto in the first squaring Uranus right now in her third house. So obviously it's not like one to four, two to five. It's not always like that. It can be though, which is why it's really helpful to have your chart. And again, you can call in and we can take a look together. The number is 877 877- Two three zero three zero six two. Call at any time here. Um, so if Pluto's in the first house, it's you, how you show up. You're supposed to own your own power. Um, that could be squaring Uranus in the fourth and Aries, which would be calling back your foundation, like innovating in order to, you know, clear out your own foundation, um, radically change. What's going on in your inner life, including your home? At the same time, that would be scoring Pluto in the first, perhaps, about how you show up. So you need to be more self-interested at the same time that you need to clean out your inner psychic basement and really develop some courage and bravery, Uranus is an Aries, in order to individuate to clean up your emotional foundation. That's one kind of example. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be able to get through all of them. I just want to give you some different ideas, ideas with this. Um, let's say that. Pluto is in the fifth house. You're supposed to call back power through accessing your creativity. It's in Capricorn, so a realistic assessment of what brings you joy and working through, like pushing through barriers that keep you from inhabiting joy. That would be Pluto and Capricorn in the fifth. These are long transits too, but you know, so even if it's been in the house for a number of years, the the edge may have worn off, but the the stuff about that house will be definitely activated because of the the Pluto-Uranus squares now. So, for example, if Pluto entered your fifth house twenty, you know, fifteen years ago, and it's a wide house, then you might think, well, you know, I've already processed all that. But the, the but if it's squaring Uranus from the fifth, then it's then it's going to bring up the fifth house issues again. So that could be squaring Uranus in the seventh house, which would be. I'm going to give you a couple different examples on this one. If it were seventh or eighth. Um, seventh house Uranus transit would be to clean up your relationships, to stop having relationships that don't work. Really what that's about, because you, you would see, you may assume that it's about those other people, but what it's really about is what you're willing to experience in relationship, what you are willing to give and what the, um, what it looks like when you 
create a bridge with another person? Like, what are you looking for? What are you expecting? What are you willing to receive? What are you interested in receiving? Do you have boundaries? Do you ever say no? If Uranus and Aries is transiting your seventh house, you need to start saying no quite a lot more than you ever have before. Not to be a jerk, but to own that you get to have participation, participatory, uh, you know, role in your relationships. Uranus would want to shake you out of any habits that have formed. So that would be Pluto in the fifth, right? I need to be who I am. And in the seventh, I need to say no to these people who don't get it. I need to stop hanging out with people who don't get that, that kind of tension. If on the other hand, Pluto's in the fifth and Uranus is in the eighth house, then you need to innovate regarding trusting people. So essentially, instead of just the idea of saying yes and no to people when appropriate, that would be the Uranus in the seventh and establishing boundaries and saying, you know, being really clear about the dynamics that are actually happening day to day, this would be about extending that into the deeper territory of intimacy. And so, you know, regarding intimacy, when do you need to say yes and no? When do you want to? When do you need to recognize the truth about what trust really is about? If you're going to be more self-empowered with Pluto on the fifth, then you need to evaluate how you get into intimate relationships. What actually happens? Are you really showing who you are? Because if you're not owning your fifth house self, are you, do you really think that you're showing your real self in the eighth house? So that's one example of how that tension, tension can happen. Um, I'm going to skip around. So I'm going to say if, uh, Let's say that Pluto's transiting your ninth house and Uranus is in the twelfth. Um, Pluto in the ninth house, you're supposed to own vision and, and create an empowering vision for your life. It could be that you're seeking something or that you're afraid to seek it. That's, you know, fear is a Pluto keyword. We, we crave something or we become obsessed about something, Pluto keywords, but then also we may fear actually finding it or fear the process that we may have to go through to get it. But you need to seek a truth. And the truth is the vision you're going to live according to. That would be Pluto transiting your ninth house. Let's say that square Uranus and Aries in the 12th. Uh, Uranus in the 12th wants you to orient your life to capital T truth, whatever that means for you. So the difference between the ninth house vision is a philosophy, an idea, a framework. You know, this is what I think is true. This is what feels most true. This is what I sense is probably the most truest thing. That's a ninth house idea. And and with, if Pluto's transiting that, you need to pursue that that process. If Uranus is in the twelfth, you're going to need to orient all of that toward capital T truth. Not what seems true. Like to act on vision, ninth house Pluto transit. But do something that allows that um, that effort to be calibrated with what's true. So you do something, it doesn't seem true, okay, great, give it up. <laughs> you know, stop it, just drop it. Because the next uh the next thing, if you're allowing yourself to be oriented in the twelfth house, is to is to find out what is capital T true. So um you know, if it's Pluto in the ninth, squaring Uranus in the eleventh, then you need to have the vision. But Uranus in the 11th would be uh, needing to change up how you or how you uh, align with other people. What groups are you connected with and what goals do you have? Recognizing that whatever groups you're connected to automatically reflect your relationship with goals, your goals and your relationship with the fact of having goals or the need to. And uh, that is um, – you know, so that's that's the with the eleventh house versus the ninth house. You need to act on vision, but you need to keep reorienting what people and groups, what goals you're aligned with. So uh, I'm going to take the second break right now. This is Tom Jacobs on the Soul's Journey. I'll be right back.
You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included, as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Need help getting grounded? What about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body, money, and others? Energy worker and channel Tom Jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive, clarifying, and empowering energies of Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin. Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and I'm taking your questions tonight, uh, 877-230-3062, talking about the Pluto-Uranus uh, squares and the challenges they bring up. Um, in the last section, I was giving you a, a bit of a, a few examples of how to understand um, the tension that can arise between Pluto and Uranus in different houses, and you're welcome to uh, to call in and uh, pick my brain, get a get a free uh, five- or ten-minute reading on, on what's going on in your life with this uh, intense invitation to change in a big way, to make serious, real changes. So it's going to bring up stuff for a lot of people. It's really challenging. So feel free to call in 877-230-3062. I'm having, um, like currently I'm having this happen on my angles, which is kind of an interesting phenomenon. And, and of course I've been watching the things unfold, but or, or kind of watching knowing that, oh, yes, in a few weeks this thing will be exact or whatever. But really, um, you, you know, you can't know exactly what will happen or what will come up uh, until, you know, until it actually does. And so I'm having this um, really wonderful and also really kind of challenging experiences with Pluto coming to my IC, the bottom of my chart. So there's past life stuff, other life stuff that's coming up. There's stuff about family. There's stuff about stuff from other lives that's about family issues and that makes me see how I approach family issues in this life and it's really um, it's really a, a beautiful experience that I don't enjoy it every day to be honest with you but I'm, I do feel really fortunate that I have this uh, vocabulary that I'm you know that I'm here to offer you and to share with you to help you understand more about what's happening in your life because on the face of it it's just Pluto stuff coming up for me but, you know, I work with people uh, on Pluto issues all the time. I work on my own Pluto stuff all the time. And so I have a, I have a, a, a grounded framework for how to understand it. And, and what ends up happening is attention will begin to, to rise and there's a really slow escalation. And then it gets up to this point where I realize that it's bigger than I thought. And then if I actually talk about it or do something about it, typically talking about it with someone, often my partner, and I have Uranus right on my descendant right now in Aries. When I do that, that of course can relieve tension. It can make me feel like I'm, you know, I don't have to experience this alone, but it also, it, it, 
it puts everything into perspective because, of course, somebody else can give me feedback. So you're honest on the on the descendant. Like, are you listening to the perspective of others? You know, it's kind of like, are you getting new, fresh information from others? Because what I'm experiencing mostly is, you know, at least between those two planets, the emphasis seems to be on the Pluto coming to my psychic basement, really kind of dredging up stuff from under the surface. So um, I think other times when I've talked about my Pluto experiences on the show, I've probably been a little more stressed out or <laughs> probably more more uh, uh, likely more stressed out and working really hard to hide it <laughs> because I get a little self-conscious when I'm feeling overtaken by Pluto stuff because then everything's very serious and dramatic. And I was actually listening to a, an interview with this um, – this guy I wanted to shake him by the lapels because of a couple things he said, but it was a fresher interview about this guy who wrote a book about his experience with PTSD. Uh, I seriously I wanted to reach into the earphones in my phone and shake the guy through the lapel through the podcast. And um, anyway, so um, but what he said something like um, how how much it can affect you to you know to be in that kind of space. And the interviewer asked him about other areas of life that don't get attention. And he says, yeah, like if you're afraid that somebody's following you, for example, or you're afraid of what might happen next, or you're on edge, or you're, you're looking at what everybody's holding in this public place, because he was in, um, he was in, uh, uh the Mid Middle East, uh, as a journalist, uh, embedded with, with, uh, combat units. So he's like, you know, doing that kind of scan the environment thing. He says, yeah, if you're doing that, you're not, enjoying the sunshine you're not paying attention to what's happening with other people you know so so as my experience with a lot of pluto stuff has been happening it's it's you know uranus on the descendant i get to open up to interacting with others in new ways i get to have the 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 um opportunity to allow them to kind of interfere with my process because when you have an ic like a, a an internal process which is the beginning of the fourth house the ic it can really take you well, it's an internal process. You have gone inside. So you need someone to kind of shake you out of it once in a while, to kind of like, so to speak, shake your, shake you by the lapels a little bit, to wake you up and say, hey, have you thought about this? Did, have you, have you thought about approaching it this way? What if this is what's happening? And so, um, you know, so that's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good remedy, remedy for that. Um, I did talk about this a little bit last week, but these Pluto-Uranus, uh, squares, and I mentioned at the top of the show, triggering the heiresses of people, most of the people alive on the planet. I think the squares are from like six degrees Capricorn Aries in 2012 up to, uh, I want to say 15 degrees, uh, the one in, in March of 2015. So in that range, but also a few degrees kind of before and after. So basically, you know, if you have anything up to like 2021 20, Capricorn or Aries or Cancer or Libra, those are the four cardinal signs. Then you're getting oppositions, conjunctions, and squares, you know, activating this. So it's quite a large number of people. And Eris right now, since late 1926, has been in Aries. So right now it's at 22. So everybody who's alive has it, you know, within range of these Pluto-Uranus squares. So, um, yeah, I talked a lot about that last week, and I am working on a, on a writing project about that that I'm excited about that. Um, so um, wrapped up with these challenges to you know call back our power through owning our choices, owning our free will, and ceasing to leak energy toward other people, and and the challenge to individuate and embody yourself uh, fully. You know, wrapped up in that is this issue of Eris that everyone has, just about everybody on the planet has in Aries. So Eris is, you know, from one standpoint, it's about what we do when our insecurities are revealed. So as Uranus is on your Eris and Pluto is squaring your Eris, you know, it's not just Pluto Uranus squares. It's, you know, activating Eris, which is how do you deal with feeling small and vulnerable? Or, or when you feel vulnerable, do you feel small? Do you feel weak? Do you feel perhaps Less than if you don't project a constant image of confidence. It's not authentic if you're projecting constantly an image of confidence. It's kind of a it's kind of a tenth house thing that 
you know, kind of a Saturn archetype idea, Capricorn energy, that we we're supposed that we think we're supposed to think we want to do. But uh, you know, the reality of where we are in our collective evolution is that we need to learn how to honor our emotions and deal with them effectively in a grounded way so that we're not hiding things, so that we can be more whole. Being more whole is not having a full schedule. Like being being more more whole is not having like five hobby five hobbies and six play dates and three sets of lessons plus a full time job. Like that's not being more whole. That's just being busy. So so um being more whole is owning all parts of ourselves. You can talk about it in terms of Uranus, owning all parts of yourself means not staying in situations that don't work. Owning yourself in terms of Pluto energy is owning all levels of personality and the things beyond it, the things below it. So all emotions that are unattractive and distasteful, this is Pluto territory, Um, uh, critiques and uh, I don't have time for that is Uranus territory. Like, you know, I've already decided that is not going to help me get where I need to go. I don't have any time for that. Just kind of like can't even hear you. That's a Uranus idea. So so if we own all these parts of ourselves, this is becoming more whole. So, you know, wherever you may have allowed energy to leak, then you got to call it back in order to make your own decisions in an effective way. Make decisions for yourself, decisions that are effective I believe in a very on a very deep level that when you strip away your fears or it's, it's, you can't really strip them away, but when you um, take away the power of fear, that you want to give a gift of being of service. I think that's about Pluto. I think that's about Pluto because when we get really deeply down into it, into Plutonian territory, we realize that we are all the same, and that all the things that we think matter are in fact games that we're playing to try to feel powerful. That we're trying to figure out how to get, maintain, and increase power. And so we can spend whole lives doing that without ever asking ourselves, you know, without ever reflecting on what it is that we think power is and means. If you look at all the parts of yourself that are distasteful and you, and you own them, accept them, and, uh, which is self-love, then you own power because other people can't and situations can't instill fear in you because you're not afraid of what might happen next. You're not afraid of what you might do. You're not afraid of what that other person might do to you because you know exactly what you're capable of, which is anything, and you own that. So what these Pluto-Rana squares are you know, the opportunity for intense transformation to be more fully who you are, more more fully inhabiting the power of your divine self, which is the power to make choices. And the arc that every human is on, you've probably heard me say this a bunch if you've listened to this show uh, at all, ever, is the the, the point of human life is to cycle from, from the divine point of view, from the soul's point of view, is to experience separateness, the perception of being separate from source or goddess and God, to fear that separation and then to learn how to move into loving states out of that fear. So we're all in the process of cycling through and and trying to process our relationships with fear, ultimately altering our relationship with what makes us afraid. And the Pudirana squares are this intensely resonant, robust, rich, deep, um, you know, multidimensional, multi-flavored, <laughs> multi-colored um, possibility of unfolding into seeing what we fear, so that we can change our relationship with it. So, in what way are you not free? This is the exercise for you to sit down and do. What, where, in what way are you not free? 
And if you have your chart and you can see where Uranus is, you can kind of see where that question is focused right now. But what is it in your life that makes you not free? And then you have an answer. And then I say to you, change it. And you say, oh, oh, I can't. Or, oh, I would, but, or I'd like to, or, oh, I wish. So that answer, I can't do it, will tell you about the fear that you have. Whatever you perceive keeps you from being free, reword it and you'll see, or or look between the lines and you'll see what the fear is. This relationship doesn't work for me. Okay, drop it. Oh, I can't. You know, this, this, I hate this job. I hate this schedule, this commute, these responsibilities. I hate this hierarchy, this structure. I hate the content of this job. Okay, great, drop it. Oh, I can't. You know, or um, what would make you really happy? Uh, owning my own business, doing healing work, whatever. Okay, great, do it. Oh, I can't because of these reasons. We've got all kinds of reasons. And the Putty Runner Squares are supposed to push the buttons of fear. This is kind of the cosmic design of these, uh, of these, these pressure-filled scenarios. Push the buttons of fear so you see the fear around you and you ideally alter your relationship with the fear. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it just because some, uh, some guy in Arizona keeps telling you to do it. Different times in life, you will hold yourself back because of fear. That you will not embody your divine, powerful, true nature. That you will not robustly and fully inhabit a loving space because of some kind of fear. Everybody in metaphysics and New Age stuff, we're talking about fear. This is what we're doing. And this is the game on Earth right now, looking at fear. Looking at your relationship with fear. Do you hold up historical evidence to explain why you don't take a step forward that you crave taking? Put around a square is how to push these buttons. That's what this is for. So... Next week on the show, a little change of pace where you, you hear me talking about soul from the perspective of uh, the Ascended Master I channel and how soul sees itself and kind of how all this stuff happens uh, through this lens. And next week on the show, I'm going to have an astrologer on who does traditional work. Her name is Donna Woodwell from FourMoonsAstrology.com. And I'm going to interview her about the conception of the ancient Greeks about soul. And then we're also going to talk about living a Neptunian life because she, like me, has moon conjunct Neptune. And when I met her at ESAR in September in uh, Chandler, Arizona, I knew that I wanted to ask her some questions about her relationship with Neptune because she gets it. <laughs> and so I'm really excited about that, kind of extending a series. I think there have been three or four other guests in the past couple of years talking about living a Neptunian life. You can uh, check that out through the archive on tdjacobs.com. So thanks for joining me. And uh, remember, Intuitive Skills class starts Saturday, February 21st. Keep in touch with me through tdjacobs.com, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology and soul, inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.